0: It's great to see you, good evening. If you're a regular here, you were probably expecting me to be standing at that uh, lectern over there, but I'm actually standing at this music stand, so that's a treat for you. (laughs) Um, If you're new here, or you feel a bit new at St. John's, you're very welcome, it's great to have you here. My name's Liam, I actually work here at church, and it's my privilege to be leading us through our service um, this evening. We're gonna be doing lots of different things, we're gonna sing together, uh, we're gonna pray to God, we're going to hear from his word, the Bible, and we're going to have it preached to us. Louis is going to preach to us a bit later, um, so we're going to hear from God himself, which is a real privilege. And that's what we've come to do. We've come to gather together to worship God together. Um, that's, that's what we're going to do this evening. But who is it exactly that we're worshiping? Well, we're worshiping Jesus. This is what Colossians says about Jesus. Hear these words. This is the, the God that we worship. This is Jesus. It says... And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's Jesus. That's our God. We're going to worship him this evening. So can I invite you to stand and we'll sing together. Pray as we stand. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you this evening. You're so good to us. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he's defeated every sin. Thank you that we can come to him and cast our burdens on him. Amen. We're going we're gonna to do just that. We're going to cast our burdens on Jesus right now. We're going to confess together. If we're honest with ourselves, we've, we've, we've messed up. We've failed God. We've failed each other. Um, and we're going to confess our sins together to Christ. So the words are going to come up on the screen and we're going to say them together. We're going to pray these words to God. So let's pray together. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us. Restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Colossians goes on to say these words. These are such an assurance to us, these words. It says, Once you were alienated from God, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy. In his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. We hold on to the the good news of the gospel, and we can be sure that, that Christ is holding on to us. Let's continue our singing. is Heavenly Father, we praise you. You're so good to us. Thank you for Jesus holding us fast. Thank you that we can be secure in him. We praise him. Amen. Can I invite you to take your seat? We're going to continue in prayer, so Valerie's going to lead us in prayer. Let's continue to pray.
1: We come to God in prayer through God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, asking for the guidance of your Holy Spirit. We pray for ourselves and us as a church congregation using Colossians 2, 6-7. So then, just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness father god it is with deep gratitude that you have called us into your kingdom for many of us called as children or young adults, we have had the privilege of walking with you for most of our lives. For this, we offer you grateful thanks. We offer in prayer Christians throughout the world living with intense persecution and or in war. Psalm 31 has become the key scripture for the Ukrainian Christian Church. We thank you that they are able to overflow with thankfulness to you whilst worshipping in underground bunkers in danger of their lives. Part of Psalm 31 says, Praise be to the Lord for he has showed me his wonderful love to me when I was in a besieged city. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. In your mercy, Lord, strengthen this church. Amen. Sometimes we simply do not know how to pray aright, and so we give to you the current world situation of widespread drought. Forgive us, Lord, for not caring for this world you have given us by careless, greedy, or irresponsible living. If, Lord, this lack of rain is you trying to speak to your church through a great shakening, please teach us true repentance to humble ourselves and pray so that you will heal our land. Especially today, Lord, I want to pray for the farmers in Britain wondering how to feed their cattle with very limited water resources and dwindling food supplies. In your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer for them. I believe it's next Friday. Ben and Katie Ray will be returning to Oringa, Tanzania, after a working holiday in the UK. Thank you, Lord, for Nima Crafts for this project that gives dignity, employment, homes, and a regular income to marginalised deaf and disabled people in Tanzania. We pray for the plans to expand NEMA crafts. We pray for their children, Zachary, Alicia and Julia, that they would be able to have a good education in the English speaking medium. Finally, Lord, we offer to you our young people who will be receiving their GCSE and A-level exam results in the next two weeks. We ask above all that they become and remain disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we finish our prayers with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, now and forever. Amen.
0: Valerie, thanks very much for leading us in prayer. Um, it's time for some church family news, some notices for you lovely people. Um, excitingly, as a church, we want to speak to people about Jesus. That's what, one of the things that we want to do, is we want to speak to people about Jesus. And we've got an opportunity to do that um, this Wednesday. We've got Holiday Club and Holiday at Home. So for people on either end of the age spectrum, they're going to be learning more about Jesus. Um, so if you fit into those categories or you want to, or you know someone who might fit into those categories, invite them along to Holiday Club or Holiday at Home Wednesday morning. You can find more details out on the website. Um, the other thing I want to tell you about is, as a church, we don't, not only want to speak about Jesus, but we actually want to, we want to build each other up. We want to encourage each other uh, to keep living for Jesus, to stick with Jesus. Um, so there's a way that we can do that. On the 21st, which is a week today, Is that right? It's a week today. Um, We have a strawberry tea. Now, what's a strawberry tea? I don't know. You'll have to come along. Uh, Three till five in this very building and the church garden out there is for everyone. So if you want to come along, spend some time with some other people from here at church, have some food, have some scones, jam, cream, have the argument about which goes on top, come along next Sunday, three o'clock in this very building. Um, So that is for everyone. Um, that is your church family news. I feel like we need a jingle for church family news. no someone else can come up with that. Great. Uh, we're coming to the exciting point of the service where we're going to hear from God's word. Um, Sally Ann is going to read from the Bible. So if you find a Bible next to you or somewhere near you and turn to Colossians 2, Sally Ann will tell you the page number.
2: Tonight's reading is Colossians 2, 16 to 23, and it's page 1183 on your Pew Bibles. Freedom from human rules. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belonged to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Well, good evening. If you've just joined us, we're in a mini-series of sermons based on the, the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Colossians, and we're thinking about what it means to be built up as disciples. This talk, tonight's talk, is entitled Freedom in Christ, and it's about living as free men and women who are, not, who are drawn by grace and not driven by rules, man-made rules and regulations. Last Sunday, uh, we were in the first half of Colossians chapter two, uh, reflecting on the sufficiency of Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross, and Paul's teaching that in Christ, we have all that we need for salvation. This evening we're thinking about freedom, that f- wonderful freedom that we have in Christ, uh, that uh, uh, that steadfast freedom, the greatest of gifts. Uh, but we know that there are those who would deprive us of that gift, try and remove remo- it from us. And that's as true in the secular world as it is in our spiritual lives. But before we get into that, let's just pray for a moment. Lord Jesus. There are times when we feel like anything but free. Come among us tonight, and by your Holy Spirit, reveal to us the freedom that we enjoy in you. Amen. The fact that Jesus has already done all that is needed for our salvation is quite hard for those of us to take on board who have grown up in this achievement-based world of ours Um, I must confess that that even after I committed my life uh, to Jesus, it took me a long time to realize uh, what it means to be saved by grace. Well, it means that on the cross, Jesus Christ paid the full price for our sins. It means that our friendship with God has been restored, and it means that we have assurance of eternal life. But it's all been paid for, it's all done. And there's absolutely nothing that you and I can do to add or to contribute to our salvation. It's called salvation by grace. And that means not only release from the punishment that we deserve for our past wrongdoing, but also freedom from any requirement to observe Old Testament style man-made rituals and regulations. And that's because Jesus for us a, brought to us a greater New Covenant freedom um, revealed, which was sealed by his blood and which was, which was instituted at the Last Supper when he said, do this in remembrance of me. Many of us this evening, and some of us listening online, uh, can testify that how when we committed our lives to Jesus, uh, we rejoiced in a new freedom, not only from the burden of past sins, not only from uh, the requirement of legalistic um, uh, rules and regulations, but also from the need to be solitary believers, solitary Christians. The Bible says that God places the solitary in families, and this takes on a special significance when we find our place within the body of the family of a local church. From the very beginning, Jesus formed his followers into bodies of believers. It is upon the rock of the faith of those believers that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a wonderful saying. And through the centuries, wherever the gospel has been preached, their churches have sprung up. On my two mission trips to Tanzania, I saw for myself how churches came into being when pastor evangelists went out to remote communities and formed new groups of believers into churches. And some of these churches that I visited didn't even have buildings. The people met under trees or under so sort of temporary shelters. Miracles happen when God's people gather in fellowship, to worship Him, to pray for each other, to share the word of God, and to break bread together. And it is within the church family that we, more than anywhere else, that we discover that Christian freedom is not just freedom from, but it's freedom to, or as Paul puts it in Galatians, uh, you brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh but rather serve one another humbly in love. But in today's reading from Colossians, the Apostle Paul warns us that both our freedom from and our freedom to can be stolen by those that he calls false teachers. That means anyone who tries to persuade Christians that their faith is somehow deficient or incomplete And that additional devotions and practices and sacrifices, et cetera, are needed to ensure their salvation. And in our text, Paul highlights three three of these things that he objects to, food food laws and um, religious festivals and the worship of angels. And in a moment, we'll get back to those. But first... Whenever Paul or one of the other New Testament writers addresses a topic, I find it really helpful to find out what Jesus has to say on that. And you know, I found that Jesus has an awful lot to say about freedom. Uh, At the very start of his ministry, the beginning of his ministry, in Luke chapter four, we read how Jesus went to the local synagogue and he picked up the, the scroll of Isaiah and he read, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then in John chapter 8, um, he says to the Jews, he, and I quote here, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And later on, a little bit later, he says, When the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Then in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, uh, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am I'm, I'm, I'm gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But Jesus was very tough on the scribes and Pharisees who um, enforced all kinds of religious rules and regulations on God's people. And of them, he said, they tie up heavy burdens, heavy and cumbersome loads, and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. That's, you'll find that in Matthew twenty-three. Well, in the light of that, let's go back to Galatians and some of these practices that um, Paul struggled with. First, Paul, uh, and, uh, Paul pronounces, uh, he denounces, or Paul denounces excessive and obsessive. Um, attention that is given to religious festivals. And he mentions particularly the new moon festivals and the Sabbath celebrations. Those of us who've traveled overseas uh, may have seen spectacular religious festivals. Uh, And in parts of the Christian church as well, we have huge noisy and uh, colorful celebrations on feast days and saints days and so on. Um, But even here in the Church of England, uh, particularly in our cathedrals, there are often magnificent uh, services featuring processions and choirs and gorgeous vestments and uh, carefully choreographed uh, movements uh, involving lots of clergy and acolytes. And, you know, these are wonderful, actually, so long as the gospel and Jesus Christ are kept front and central. But you know, we all know that elaborate celebrations have a way of taking on a life of their own, and that, in the words of Paul in in our reading, can become uh, disconnected from the head. They just lose the plot, really. I spend some days each month uh, working as a, or serving as a day chaplain at Southwark Cathedral, Day chaplains lead hourly prayers from the front uh, to remind visitors that the cathedral is first and foremost a house of prayer. We also seek to engage them personally and and um, uh, they come to admire our building and uh, its contents and they come to major services and so on and we try and talk to them about what they are. In fact, our goal is to turn visitors into pilgrims Now, most of those that come through the cathedral doors um, are not committed Christians. Uh, Mainly, they come, as I said, as as spectators. Now, the evangelical um, day chaplains love the cathedral because it provides us with a splendid setting and some visual aids to discuss life and death and the greatness of God's love and what Jesus has done for us. And, uh, we, and adding, and eventually we can drive home all that what Paul says in verse 17 of our reading that all these, this pomp and ceremonies that, that we have, are a mere shadow of the reality that awaits us, but that the reality, that reality can be found now in the person of Jesus Christ. Secondly, uh, Paul calls them to account about these angels and visions. Now, that's strange to our ears. Um, The Jews had a very highly developed um, theology of angels as intermediaries between God and, 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 and the believers. Now, our quest for intermediaries is based on a misunderstanding of what the Bible says about our access to God. It is also based on a false humility it says, poor little me, I'm so little, God is so enormous, God is so great, and I'm so little and so insignificant, and he has much bigger and better things to think about than me, and therefore I can't expect him to hear my little feeble prayers. So I'd better look for some angel or some saint that will, uh, is closer to him, that will kind of speak up for me, that will intercede for me. And of course, that's uh, not what the Bible has in mind. You know, the only intermediary that we need, the only one that can bring us to the Father, is His only Son, Jesus. And we must never for a moment think that our faith is so weak or our prayers so feeble that uh, we cannot be heard by Him. The truth is that everyone, regardless of their age, from the youngest to the oldest, from the richest to the poorest, will be heard by Jesus if they turn to Christ. Paul also warns about what he says, these false teachers, he calls them wise men, those who have visions, we we would call them gurus and and sages, Uh, people who claim to have a hotline to God and um, who claim to have some sort of secret knowledge and uh, um, have some have secret things to teach us. And Paul says such people are total frauds. Of course, in the church, we do encourage, we nurture spiritual gifts within the body, of, within the family of God. And these may take the form of prophecy or words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And, and we love them. these things when people speak under the power of the Holy Spirit, but these are, always, uh, these are always free, they're always uh, tested by the body, and they must never contradict the word of God in scripture. Thirdly, Paul challenges those who, Im- Im- who impose religious rules and regulations on Christians, telling them what they can and cannot eat. These are dietary regulations. And he warns the Colossians of the danger of slipping back into those complicated Old Testament-style Jewish dietary laws which are no longer relevant under the new covenant. In fact, Jesus said food was good. And he said what makes people unclean is not what goes into their mouths but what comes out of their mouths, which I always thought was a lovely way of putting it. And, of course, Jesus himself fasted. He observed fasts, and he he encouraged us, his followers, to fast and pray. But fasting is a voluntary thing. Anything we do dietary is a voluntary thing, and it's uh, never to be uh, interpreted as a spiritual requirement. We do it to draw us closer to God, to help us in our prayer life, so it's good to fast occasionally. Many Christians, of course, advocate vegetarian or vegan diets or other special diets, and some of these are very worthy, but they must never be sort of presented to us as some sort of spiritual requirement that this is what God wants. Finally, Paul talks about those who um, punish their bodies. He he uses the expression uh, in verse 23, those who impose harsh treatment of the body. Well, those of us who go to the gym witness no end of harsh treatment inflicted on bodies, do we? But, but that's, that's not what, what Paul is talking about. Uh, throughout the history of, of the faith of, of the church, there have been those who felt that they've needed, this is a sort of Gnostic pagan thing that slipped into the church, uh, that, uh, that somehow we needed to bring our sinful flesh under control through practices such as self-flagellation and wearing of hair shirts and uh, taking ice cold baths and the like. Um, I grew up in Mexico where every day you can see the pilgrims making their way to the shrine of the Virgin of Guadalupe. And some of these people walk for miles on their knees And some of them even flagellating themselves, beating themselves as they go along in propitiation and in penance for their sins. But the Bible says that all that is needed from us sinners is a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. That's it. When writing Colossians um, and uh, urging the Colossians to uh, uh, talking to them about their freedom, Paul was returning to an earlier theme, a theme, in fact, that he first developed in Galatians. And the key to what he says in Colossians Colossians to us is actually found in Galatians. Here we find that Paul says in in a famous chapter, chapter 5, verses 13, 14, he says, you know, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not let... Do not uh, use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's here that we find that uh, we are reminded that Christ has set us free from, in order, so that we should be free to. And um, that means free from the burdens of our past, free from the burdens of our own sins, and free to help to carry the burdens of others. Uh, Free to serve one another uh, with love and and humility. Within the church family, um, that means helping one another, uh, praying for one another, asking the Father to, by the power of his Holy Spirit, to build us up Um, as true disciples of his son, Jesus, that we may in turn go out into the world and set other captives free. That's our mission. That's what we're here for. So I want to end uh, with a couple of verses that uh, Valerie has already read to us, but I want to get back to them uh, from Colossians uh, 2, which is from the first part that we didn't read today. And... uh, The reason I want to go back to them is because these have really encouraged me and built me up during this this season, this this season of, of sermons that we've been in. So here it is. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Amen.
0: Louis, thank you very much for preaching God's word to us. We're going to respond, well, we're going to start responding in song. Um, So I can invite you to stand and we're going to sing together.
4: has set me free. So oh.
0: We praise you. Thank you for this evening. Thank you that you've been with us. Thank you that you choose to meet with with us. We praise you for being here. Thank you for speaking to us. We praise you. Help us to be people who not just hear you, but listen to you, and not just listen, but put into practice what you teach us. Pray that we be doers of your word. Thank you that we've had a chance to respond to you in song. I pray that um, as we leave this place, as we live our, live our lives this week, pray that we continue responding to you. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Pray that you'd help us to live for you, both now, this week, and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. Please do take your seat. It's been a pleasure. Um, we'll see you next week, if not before. See you soon.